blessed. Text your people, they shit All the problems and your needs if you just Lawyer, doctor, anything if you just You got some questions about some things you just You a king, be the king, you just Got proper comfort for the queens if they Live in favor, see the dream Get your phone, text your people, they shit Good evening, everyone. This is Michael Morgan. I'm here in the mailbox with my good friend, Mark Cheeks. How you doing, Mark? Hey, hey. I'm great. I'm great, brother. Everything's good for you? Good, good. We're back. It, We're back. It feels like we, we haven't left each other. It feels <laughs> like we haven't left. But yeah. And uh, we saw each other this weekend, right? Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, how has your week been going? Week has been wonderful. Uh, I'm on a 410 schedule, so my uh, weekend has started today. So oh, I'm excited good. about that. Yeah, I've got a tea time tomorrow. So looking forward to uh, getting out in some. Uh, Fall and weather and uh, hitting some balls in the water and right. out of bounds and <laughs> you know how I do it. Right. One of the hardest games ever. Yes. You know, very, very frustrating. It's know? very, very frustrating. But you'll always hit that good one and it'll bring you back. You know, exactly. oh, I can do it again. Yeah. It, you always think like, okay, my next shot, it's going to be good. And, yeah. and for me, it, mine is usually bad, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I keep trying. It's, yeah. it's not like basketball. You I mean you play basketball? It's like if you keep working on your shot, you tend to get better. But mm -hmm. golf is like it's it's tricky, man. It's like it's tricky. You're dealing with the course and your clubs and and everything else. So yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So I would, Mark. I was uh, talking to a good friend of mine from Chicago. Her name is Pam Evans. Her and her husband. They created these cards that are amazing called A Different Conversation, basically for men to open up and like a discussion card. And I thought, you know what? I want to try this out with Mark. <laughs> That's the first thought that came to my mind. That's the first thought that came to my mind. <laughs> I'm honored, right. I guess. <laughs> I want to see what Mark thinks about some of these conversation pieces. And when we bring in our... Um, our guest today, uh, maybe we will ask him the same question, but the question for today is, what is standing in the way of you fulfilling your biggest dream? Standing in the way of me fulfilling my biggest dream. Yeah, and maybe you already have, who knows, you know? Yeah, I, I think, uh, and I, I'm not um, confined to one dream, right? I've got multiple dreams that I'm trying to accomplish, but I think uh, it would probably be self, right? That is holding me back. Um, just the focus that I need to to make these dreams reality. Sometimes that becomes a problem. Um, you know, external factors can become a problem, uh, but uh, you really just have to have the priority, make it your priority and uh, and work towards it. Yeah, I like that. I like that because sometimes when it comes to our dreams, we our biggest sabotage is ourselves. Right. Know, we we kind of you know um, we we lose sight of our goal just based on ourselves, you know. And so um, so yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would think like sometimes 
you can really uh, diminish your own dream by not mm -hmm. for being afraid in some cases. And right. so, which brings us to a phenomenal uh, show for tonight because mm -hmm. it really is about dreams. And, you know, the nonprofit sector is, is really about service and fulfilling dreams of your, of yourself really, and, and others. But our guest today, phenomenal guy, he's, really done a lot for for the nonprofit sector. And I think we should just bring them on out. Uh, Mikhail Shaw, um, how you doing? I'm doing great, great, brothers. How are you doing this evening? Good to have you. I mean, good to be here. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. And we were just talking about fulfilling your dream. And I know with you, because I've logged into uh, nonprofit cheat codes, and one of the questions you always ask, and I'm going to steal it, Mikhail, is... Uh, what is your win for the week? But for you, you know, same question is, you know, what stands in your way from fulfilling your biggest dream? Just to kick it off. I think um, the need for people to feel like they have to be perfect is one of the things that impedes um, us from finding our dreams, thinking that it all has to be all together and in some total alignment before we move forward. And it makes me think of one of my favorite quotes comes from Jack Canfield. And he says, ready, fire, aim, instead of ready, aim, fire. The ideal, again, is if you are if you keep waiting for this perfect shot, you're never going to shoot. So sometimes you got to shoot and calibrate while you're shooting. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. That really does. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's good. We got re to remember that one. We got to remember that one. But I'm so pleased to have you on the show, Mikhail. Um, you know, is. You are one of my favorite people. I, I really don't log into Clubhouse a whole lot, but I try to log in each week to listen to your show. It's amazing. Um, you really helped me out tremendously in my nonprofit. But just for our viewers and people listening, can you tell us a little bit more about your background? So thank you for, for the um, kind words first, Michael, and I appreciate you being there. You always add something to the conversation. So we really very much appreciate it. And congratulations on the retirement as well. Um, really, really uh, proud to hear that and, and to mark that milestone. So just give you kudos on that, my brother. Um, one of the things that kind of sets me apart is that I am a person who, who probably was every statistic possible. I was born to a teen mom. Um, my mom and dad were in my, my daily life for the majority of my life. I grew up with my grandparents. Um, I grew up in the city. Um, every potential uh, stereotype that could be had, I had. So I had to learn to work with what I had. Um, as they say, as a people, we got to be two times better. Well, I, I'd say maybe three or four times because I was expecting in some cases to be a kid who would fall by the wayside by all expectations. But my grandparents gave me some real strong Southern foundations and um, integrity, you know, importance of family, um, working hard, and those things lead me today. So when I think about my life or the points I like to pull out that are probably the most valuable, it's really working with young people and um, service. Everything with me is based on some service. I believe that the fastest way to get to your dreams is to assist other people to get to theirs. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, you know, when you're thinking about nonprofits, and that's one of the things I was talked to a few people about uh, earlier today, 
your brand is so important and it's important for any business, but when it comes to the nonprofit sector, knowing your brand, understanding how to you utilize your brand is really important. How can a brand become more than a logo or name in your opinion? Well, I think the word is overused. <laughs> it's become synonymous with being able to post on social media. So when we think of brand, um, I like to think of it as your identity. It's your, you know, they say, know your rep. Um, it's, it's who people perceive you as. It is definitely, it is inclusive of your logo. It's inclusive of your color scheme. It's inclusive of the way you present. It's inclusive of how people perceive you. Um, we all are a brand, whether you know it or not. The key is, is the brand that you are representing you truly. Is it really giving the world the view that you want to present, present to them. And I think that's a key thing to identifying your brand, just assessing. Am I per perceived as I want to be perceived? Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. That's good. That's good. So let me let me ask you this, Mikhail. Um, what inspired you to, to become this brand strategist? How did that all come about? Honestly, Mark, I think it found me. <laughs> I hmm. think it found me. Uh, Short story is when I was when I was always been an entrepreneur. And I would say always been an entrepreneur, always been an entrepreneur. When I was about eight years old, I was visiting my my father's mother, and um, my father's mother. And I'm from upstate New York, so I don't know what you guys may call this in your respective area. But where I grew up, we called these frozen cups of Kool Aid. We called them juleps. <laughs> so my grandma was the julep lady, and I remember visiting her one weekend, and every ten minutes or five ten minutes. It was a kid tapping at the door. Miss Retha, Miss Retha, can I get a julep? And I saw my grandmother in the course of a day probably make about $50 selling these little cups of frozen Kool-Aid out her, her freezer that was right by the screen door. That inspired me to um, want to go home because that was a good hustle. I'm like, yeah, I got to get me some, uh, make me some juleps and sell them in the neighborhood. That was my very first take on branding because when I got home, I got 10 packs of Kool-Aid from the, the uh, corner store. I got my five pounds of Domino sugar, 50 cups of Solo cups, mixed it up. And by the next morning, I was selling juleps. Um, and I found a box in the backyard. It was an old refrigerator box. I cut it in the shape of a Solo cup. I put those Kool-Aid packets on the side of that, uh, that cup, a sign, my first sign. And I started selling them in the neighborhood. And I found that that brought people in. They got to see it. They visually could see what I was offering. And then when they got to taste it and their lip was froze up like this um, from the ice, <laughs> red or purple lips, you know, they were sold, right? Really? So as silly as that may sound, that was my first take at branding. Um, I've been a teacher. I've been a, a nonprofit um, liaison. I've been an organizer, outreach worker. Um but when I really took it, see, I was a, a big role of mine for 25 years. I ran a photography studio and I've taken, I've done about 700 weddings and literally hundreds of not millions of pictures. But about three, I'd say about five years ago, I felt like, you know what? I got to switch it up a little bit. This is great. I love this. I love this work, but I want to evolve. So I went back to school for my master's in marketing. And in that process, I started identifying it. People look at marketing, as you just said, logos or just these, these figures, but it's the whole identity. And that's why I call it branding uh, or brand strategies as opposed to a marketer 
or a marketing strategist. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I, I never, uh, I didn't know that you were into into that, uh, Mikhail. So that's that's great. And so when it comes to nonprofit, how do you approach nonprofit branding? And you know, is there a difference in how a nonprofit should brand themselves as opposed to a for-profit business? Well, one thing, and, and, and Michael, you've heard this before on our, our show Cheat Codes, is that a nonprofit is a business. And yeah. that's one of the biggest misnomers that people have when they think about 501c3s or social impact uh, businesses, if you will. They have a designation that is um, they don't have to pay taxes, but they're a business in every other sense, from structure to organization to strategy. They are businesses. So in that capacity, it's all the same in building your brand or marketing your service or your product. The difference is the product you're selling in a nonprofit is here. You have to have people believe. So I like to think of when the most important thing you're going to brand in a nonprofit is to give people to have faith in a concept or ideal. They got to believe that you're the answer or you're the solution to help service people in some way or, or another. So you got to get the buy-in a little differently. And I use something called the um, brand story to help nonprofits develop a strategy that will literally get their donors, their funders to be able to see that story. So you'll hear story a lot. Anybody who works with me is going to start with story and we're going to work story to death because your story is your fingerprint. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's good. Well, that's that's interesting that you say you got to have faith in the, in the concept, right? Absolutely. So that leads me into another question. So what other challenges uh, do you see in today's branding in, in the marketplace? One of the, the key challenges, and I think we all can relate to it, is that everyone wants to follow the quote unquote trends. We mm -hmm. want to make sure we hit the algorithm. And I think that leads us to being, un, um, being inauthentic or not authentic. And it leads us to kind of copycatting because this trend says that so-and-so got so many users. But I truly believe, um, and, and Robin Roberts has a book, Good Morning America, she says, to make your mess your message. I don't care what field or what space you're in, make your mess your message. Those imperfections, those things that we had to trip to get to our success point, those are the things that give us differentials. Those are the things that separate us from the pack. But they're also the things that give us humanity. And people are to say, you know what? Well, I can relate to Mark. You know what? Well, Mark went through something I went through, so I can relate. And I think that difference and and really leading with what we kind of perceive as your your weakness can actually be our greatest strength. Yeah, that's well, good. That's good, brother. It really is. And you know, having managed a nonprofit, I know that having a strong brand is really really important. Both, like you said, the colors, logo—that's just one part of it. But what are some of the benefits? And I've talked to other nonprofit um, directors and, and uh, founders. Why is it so important that us as nonprofits, we have a strong brand? I think at the, at the beginning, at the very essence of this, we're all fighting for the same money, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's so many, just like in, in the you know, for-profit space, um, we're fighting for the same money. So it's a grant. It's a donor. It's a, a um, it's an organization that wants to get this money to keep running. And in order for us to get that dollar, we got to differentiate ourselves. We got to show that I'm doing something different than my friend over here. It doesn't mean that they're not good, but we're coming at it at a different angle. 
So branding allows you to set that differential. And the most powerful point of that is your story, because it's no one exactly the same. Someone could have almost the exact same nonprofit you have, but they don't have your story. And as you look behind me, Team Jenny Bean, the thing that has had us be able to survive and actually start the whole thing is a story that was almost a crisis or tragedy that turned into triumph. And it inspired hope for tens of thousands of people across the country. So I think that's something that nonprofits can do. Lead with your story. And not just saying, it's not always just your personal story. It may be the story of the people you serve, but it connects people. It makes them be able to see where you're going and how they can be a part of it. Um, I think it's a powerful thing that any nonprofit can do, any business could do for that matter of fact. And we all have one. You don't have to look hard to find a powerful story. And most of the time it's just telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Don't tell us too much more about uh, Team Jenny B because that's gonna be our, our first question after our break. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll come back with Mikhail Shaw. How's everybody doing? This is Michael Morgan with a few good mentors. I'm getting ready for our third annual 5K Walker Run, which starts October 1st through 31st. Registration is open now. In today's society, we desperately need mentors. With your help and your donations and your participation, you can make a big impact in our society. So come on out. Michael Morgan and Mark Cheeks talking to Mikhail Shaw, who is, in my opinion, the nonprofit guru. He knows everything there is to know about nonprofits. And Mark, you want to <laughs> lead off with the, the next one? I think you're on mute. Uh, How's that? Sorry about that. You're into this nonprofit space. So tell us a little bit about the nonprofit that you have uh, created and what's the why behind that organization? Absolutely. I, I always love to talk about this, Mark. Thank you for the opportunity to share this. Um, our nonprofit is Team Jenny Bean Childhood Cancer Foundation. It was started actually just we're almost hitting our five year anniversary right now. And it was started because my youngest daughter, I have four children, two boys and two girls, and my youngest, our baby, was diagnosed with stage four kidney cancer in 2017 when she was only six years old. And how that came about is we went to the hospital thinking my daughter had a little um, a little mass on her stomach. It looked like a honestly like a, a um, scab or something, but it was protruding from her abdomen. Um, I was in my master's program. My wife says to me, um, Mike, come to the bathroom. I was actually doing homework. And she says, come to the bathroom real quick. And I'm like, babe, I'm writing now. Listen, you know that voice. If any of y'all know what I'm talking about, she come to the bathroom real quick. So I got up, I went, and baby girl had these two small uh, masses on her stomach, about the size of like a breakfast sausage, half a breakfast sausage, sausage. And I looked and I said, Jenny, does it hurt? And she's like, No, no, daddy, it don't hurt. I don't feel nothing at all. Long story short, my my wife told um, me, she said, Get your keys. We're gonna take it to emergency. And I'm like, Well, babe, if it doesn't hurt, it's Friday night. You, you think we should just wait till Monday morning and call the uh, pediatrician? And again, she gave me that, that, that mama look. 
Get your oh, keys. Yeah. We go into emergency. You know, went to emergency. Where was in the emergency literally about five six hours. A barrage of tests, ultrasound, X rays, uh, uh, CAT scan, all kinds of different blood work. And after this barrage of tests, we're sitting in there in the little triage of emergency. I'm sitting in my chair on my phone, my wife and daughter on the bed with the iPad. Two doctors walk in the room. Um, and just as calm as I'm talking to you gentlemen tonight, um, it was a woman and a man, male and female uh, physician. She looks up, she steps forward and she says, um, it looks like cancer. Wow. Wow. I look just at my like wife, that. my wife, just like that. <laughs> just like that. I look at my wife. She looks at me. Our daughter looks at both of us. Her eyes are big as half dollars. And all I could think immediately, and you you guys will 100% relate uh, from fathers, of you, and I'm assuming you're probably fathers, that all I could immediately think was put my hands up and tell them to back up. Like, back up out of here. You got to back up out this room. And immediately, like, what the hell? What, what's wrong with you? Why would you say that? Excuse me for right. saying hell, but it was just shocking. I mean, room spinning. Long story short, we're admitted into the hospital immediately to a, a oncology ward, a cancer ward. We go through two, three weeks of everything, brother, biopsy, tests. And they're telling us when it's finally staged, we have to come back. Actually, I was like, we got to go. Can we can we leave? Can we get out of here? We, we got to get out of this, this place. Long story short, to wind it up, um, we come back. They let us go. We come back for the results um, day before her birthday. And it's diagnosed that she has stage four kidney cancer. And I, I can't even explain it. The hardest moment of my entire life, bar none. And as a father, I'm, I'm sure brothers can relate. Our job is to provide, prepare, and protect. The three P's, right. as I call them. This wasn't something I could box away. This wasn't something I could pay money to fix. All I could do was have faith. My faith was what led me. So Team Jenny Bean came about because while we're in the hospital, Actually, when she started treatment, my daughter and I walked to the kitchen one night and, I, and I'll try to give you the fast version so we can move on from this. But as we go to the kitchen, we're coming back from getting a drink and it's literally like one in the morning. As we come back to the nurse's station, it's a nurse and it's a little boy. He's probably like two years old. And I remember it clearly because he's eating chicken nuggets. And my wife, I mean, my, my daughter says to me, she said, Daddy, I didn't know that the, the uh, nurses could bring their kids to work. And to be honest with y'all, I didn't know either. Um and I said, well, baby, I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, I get to the room. And of course, my wife, the smart one, she explains to both of us that it's probably a child that doesn't have mommies or daddies that can be around the clock or may not have parents at all in his life. And the nurse is kind of surrogate him. And my daughter could not get over the ideal that there were kids that were going through those tumors because we called them tumors that she had. And they didn't have mommies and daddies. You know, that was unfathomable to her. So she right. said, Daddy, what can we do? Mommy, what can we do? And for two weeks, she literally relentlessly wouldn't let go. What could we what can we do for those kids? And I said, yeah, we'll pray for them. We got our own stuff, you know. And she mm-hmm. says, um, Daddy, what can we do? That's you. I do more than that. One day afternoon, I was like, you know what? I, I go to Toys R Us because that's all I could think of doing. I fill a cart, literally fill a full cart up. And I come back to this hospital unit with these two giant bags. I'm struggling, two purple bags with Toys R Us. And I bring them to baby girl and I say, Jen, daddy thinks this is something that we could start with helping those kids. And she looks at me and she goes, okay, daddy, I I think we can do that. We drag the bags to the nurse's station and uh, explain to the nurses that we want to donate those toys to kids that may not have mommies and daddies in our unit. And as you could imagine, the bawling and the crying and 
the ideal that this little girl who had stage four kidney cancer and in the middle of treatment, she's going through radiation, she's going through chemotherapy, she has to have her kidney removed, she has to have a lobe of her, a part of her liver removed. Wow. And she still wants to help other kids. That was what begot Team Jenny Bean. And when the word got back to her school, they did a fundraiser and one thing led to another. And honestly, we got some small press locally and it was a, it was a domino. So that's really where Team Jenny Bean come, comes from. And we now do these care kits that we provide to kids around the country. We've given out over 700 of them to date to kids fighting cancer across this country. And our simple concept of Team Jenny Bean is we want to allow kids to be kids while they're fighting the fight of their lives. Wow. Yeah, that is amazing. Amazing story. And just for her to have that presence of mind, you know, she's going through all of these things, but yet uh, is really caring about others, right? right? And what they don't have. That's amazing. Absolutely. That's my baby girl. Yeah. yeah. And, and I always say, you know, nonprofits, you really, you know, these stories, they come to you. You you, you kind of fell into mm -hmm. this nonprofit world and, you know, out of the relationship with your daughter and, and her and her illness. How is she doing now, by the way? Um, today, Jen is 12 years old. Um, she's cancer free that I, I mentioned five years in March, coming up in March of 2023, she will be at the five year point, which is a big deal in the cancer space because that's when they consider to be curative um, when there's no reoccurrence at that time. And she hasn't been on a, a medicine in any capacity in the last four and a half years, we've been blessed, like literally figuratively blessed. In my family, and I can't speak for anyone else, but I grew up with lots of cancer growing up with my grandparents, lots of siblings and cousins and, and grandparents who passed away from cancer. I never heard of a person that had stage four anything and lived to talk about it. So the fact that our baby had the stage four, I, you could imagine, I was, I was no, I didn't know what to do, brothers, to be honest with you. Um, when you talk about marketing, and I just want to make this caveat, when we talk about branding and marketing, with Team Jenny Bean, the success of it was building the brand, right? But it wasn't because I was so smart. It wasn't because I was creative. It was because this was a positive distraction to stop me from going nuts. <laughs> just being little, and, and it just was a way that I could channel my energy. And I was able to, you know, this is the first little logo that we made. And that logo caught fire. So, yeah. It's a, and, a labor of love. And I was just about to ask you, you know, I love the logo back there and I mm -hmm. think it's phenomenal and I'm so happy. And, um, you know, I thank God that, you know, your daughter's doing well, but that logo is really, really great. I really like that. And so how, how can a logo become more than, well, a brand become more than a logo? Like, you know, it really has become, more than a logo for a team, Jenny Bean. And so, you know, that's one of the struggles of nonprofit is getting that buy-in from everyone, you know, but how does it become more than just a logo in your opinion? Um, I'll go back, Michael. I appreciate that. that's a good question. I'll go back to this ideal story. It's about your story, your story, your story or the story of the people you serve. I have a concept that we call um, the brand story. And it's based on seven factors. So you have a, a main character, or we'll call him a hero, or in other words, that hero has a problem. Whatever the people you serve, so you serve young men or women who are looking for mentorship. So you have a hero who has a problem, 
They meet a guide. That guide is your, your, your nonprofit. That's your organization. That's where we get it wrong a lot of times. Instead, we present ourselves as the hero because we're doing this amazing work. But in fact, the hero of your story are the people you serve in your funders. Your nonprofit is a guide. And then this, the third part, or fourth part of that is you give them a plan because all heroes need a plan. They don't do the work without a, a guide and a plan. And as silly as this sounds, when you think about Cinderella, when you think about uh, Star Wars, those are heroes. Luke Skywalker, Cinderella, those heroes, but they all have a strong guide. So Cinderella has a fairy godmother. She gives her a plan. She says, I'm going to make you look beautiful. And I, look, and forgive me, whether the, the story is chauvinistic or not, I'm just talking about a principle. Luke Skywalker... <laughs> has Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they yes. say, we're going to show you how to use this force. But remember, the key is Luke Skywalker, Cinderella, Superman, whoever, they're the hero. They have to do the heavy lift. They got to do the work. But they can't do it without the guidance of a guide. So then the guide gives them a plan with a clear call to action, number five, showing them what's at stake. What's at stake? What won't happen? Who, how will people suffer if we don't do this work? But the last key in number seven is most important. You always leave the people that are paying attention or funding or supporting you with a vision for a brighter future. Because of you, we were able to serve 5,000 people. Because of kind people like you, we were able to make sure that Jonathan now has a wheelchair and able to get around. So that brand story is something I use with all of my clients. Yeah, and because it ties back into your story and, and what has occurred based on the story. It's really right. good. Absolutely. And it's a feel good for those who are contributing, right? And everybody wants to feel good. So, yeah. Got to right <laughs> connect here. Absolutely. Exactly. So what are some of the, the future trends you think in, in branding? Or, you know, you mentioned you, you got to have that hero, so that's going to continue on. But are there some some nuances or some, some uh, you know, evolution that's going to happen? I think some of the things that we see going on right now in marketing and branding, branding specifically. So let me explain this really quick. Branding is the whole concept. It's the whole house, right? It's the overarching ideal of who you are and, and what you stand for and how you're represented. Marketing is the tools you use to build a brand, right? So again, branding is the whole house, but marketing is the tools that are used to build that house, if you will. So it's SEO. It's uh, social media, it's logo, it's color, it's uh, the story we talk about. It's all of those components together. Future trends in this space, though, you're going to see, and we're seeing it now, for some of us, I'm old school. Like I said, I'm 49, but I, I consider myself to be old school now. We are seeing people overshare, right? It's almost, you're saying like, wow, they're putting so much out there. Why are they telling us so much? Because the, the consumer... The public wants to feel like they're getting a little peek behind that curtain. They want to see how you live. They want to see the things you like to eat. They want to find out how you what makes you tick. That perception is what makes people connect and say, Mark is just like me. Michael, he, he eats cornflakes too. Um, so we're going to see more of that. We're going to see more of when we talk about um, um, reality TV. Right. That's, again, pulling back that curtain. Now, we know a lot of it's staged, right? Mm -hmm. But the perception for the public is they're getting to see it. They're getting to peek at it. So it makes them feel like they're more connected to your world. They're not the, the peasants and the, and the royalty. They're actually real people like, like you are, and you have real problems just like they do. Right, right, right.
Hey, so yeah, cool. that's good. That's good. And so we're going to take another quick commercial break. Um, just going to read a quick statement uh, from my wife. I'm so happy to hear about the miracle of your daughter's life physically and the manifestation of her vision coming to life at such a young age. How have you continued to gain new supporters and maintain existing supporters of your organization over the last five years? Do you see a shift in your support base over time? So hold that thought and um, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll come back to that. Absolutely. Mark Cheek Speaks LLC is a company that provides transitional navigation to retired and separating military members who are preparing in the process or currently assimilating to the corporate culture, ensuring the reshaping, reframing of talents and skills acquired through military service and developing a transitional roadmap for success. As a veteran with 21 years of service, 17 years in corporate, and seven years as an executive, is uniquely equipped to create the bridge that connects military and civilian sectors. His mantra, you drive, I'll navigate, is a process used to transition military members to corporate success. Connect with Mark at Mark Cheek Speaks on all social media platforms and at MarkCheekSpeaks.com. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're talking, we're into the mailbox. We're talking to Mikhail Shaw and the question really was how can you how have you been able to maintain existing supporters of your organization over the last four, five years and um, and do you see a shift in the support base over time great question again thank you um to make i appreciate a, a very great question we were very fortunate to be able again being a brand strategist being a marketing person a pr person um i was able to leverage our story one thing that we caught very early on was that either we were going to let this story get the best of us or we were going to get the best of this situation. So we decided early on, um, my wife, I was in, actually in graduate school and my wife uh, sends me a text one night in the middle of class. And I kind of tried to look over at my phone at the text. And she says, this is a picture of me and Jenny. Um, do you, how do you feel about us sharing it? And it just so happened to be a picture of her and Jenny. They had shaved their heads off because Jenny hair had started to come out because of chemo. So my wife's head was completely clean. My baby girl's head was completely clean. And um, I said to her, um, really cute and, and endearing picture, but they were bald. So I said to her, I was like, well, babe, you know, once you share this, the story isn't our story anymore. It is the world's story. And she was like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready. And the whole idea was, we didn't want people asking us crazy questions in the public. And, and again, from a father's standpoint, somebody came at me wrong, talking about my baby in her head, it'd have been a whole problem, brother. It'd have been a whole problem. So we decided to share it publicly to own our narrative. So as we shared the story, it caught fire. We were blessed enough to be able to navigate it because we put it out there on our own terms. Um, to date, we've been on the Today Show. We've been on Inside Edition. We've been on Daily Mail. We've had a small documentary done. We've been featured by Dwayne Wade, um, Gabrielle Union. We've been featured by a lot of um, mainstream um, artists and celebrities. I mentioned that because we've had to evolve, okay? We've had to evolve. So to Tamika's point about how do we stay true, well, Jenny is not that same little cute uh, six-year-old girl anymore. This is actually mm -hmm. our mask. This is a doll that we had done 
um, oh. to give the kids. Um, and this is all based on Jenny when she was six years old. My point wow. in sharing awesome. saying this, thank you, is that she's not that same little girl no more, right? She's 12. She she want to put on a little bit of a little eyeliner sometimes, and she wants <laughs> to have, have her swag. So we've tried to evolve with it. And I think mm -hmm. other nonprofits can do the same thing. So some of the things we've moved towards, we still do our care kits that we've given over 700, but now we're evolving. We're doing team programming. We're doing uh, Team Jenny Bean Power, which is a young girls uh, team uh, program that we're implementing in schools to teach young women about empowerment and teach them about being different. You know, it, it, it's not the easiest when you're six and seven and your head clean and you're the only little girl in the, in the class with your head clean. And, and furthermore, people are saying, oh, he's so cute. Mm. My daughter eyes <laughs> <her> really fast. <laughs> so we use that as a, as, a, as a tool to say, we understand, we respect being different. It's okay. But whatever your difference may, it may be, it might be a health issue. It may be that um, you have a non-traditional family. It may be all kinds of different things, but that's okay, right? And you can actually use that is your tool. Go back to the ideal of making your mess, your message. Some other areas we're moving into is um, we're bringing on sickle cell. Mm. Sickle cell is a disease that affects predominantly African-American young people. So we're going to bring that under the umbrella of Team Jenny Bean and support young people going through that as well. So we're growing and evolving and we're staying present, but the mission is always the same. A kid mm. should always be able to be a kid regardless of what their circumstances is. That is great. I'm glad to, to see you expanding it to sickle cell. That's, that's amazing. Right. And it's important what you said, the umbrella, right? And staying underneath that umbrella and not branching out too far and losing your focus on what's what's important, keeping the main thing the main thing. And, you know, you talked about the evolving and that's important when you're doing this branding. So what are some of the common mistakes that people are making as they, they try to develop a brand? Hmm. I think it's, it's several. When I think about ones that are happening most prevalently, um, I think people assume that social media is the only way to build a brand. So we put so much in it. It's, it's a priority now. Let's not, let's not confuse that social media is very, very important. But I think the, the issue is that because we put so much you know, focus on social media, that we don't build other components. We think just posting, and posting is important, but what is the content? You got to know a content calendar. You got to be intentional with your posting. You got to be consistent with your posting. You got to also look at growing as well. So the, the clients or the followers you have today, they may evolve in six months. They may not be the same a year from now. So always keeping your, your finger on the pulse and kind of your ear to the street to see where your where the trends are in your brand, and I don't mean just trends as far as TikTok and, and other things. You should definitely know what channels are most important or most appropriate for your brand, but you also want to keep your ear to the street and see how your brand is growing and changing. And and also, lastly, something I just forgot. You also want to follow the metrics. You want to test and see what works and doesn't work, and keep your eye on that because it will definitely evolve and, and things will change. That is phenomenal, phenomenal. And so I know we're coming towards the um, towards the end of our broadcast, but how can people get a hold of you? I know I'm always in touch with you with uh, nonprofit cheat codes, which 
I'm throwing it out there now, Mikhail, but I I won't will not be there <laughs> this Saturday because we have an event in Haymarket, Virginia. So any Virginia viewers will be at Haymarket Day. It's an event and we'll have a booth set up and come on by and stop over. But unfortunately, I'll miss. I may be able to tune in, actually, but I, I probably won't. Or catch the replay. Catch the replay. There, there, <laughs> you there you can go. definitely catch the replay. Absolutely. So some way, some places to find me is you see my IGs right here, McKill Shaw Inc. You can also go to McKillshaw.com. Um, on our organizational side, you can go to teamjennybean.com and we go J E N A, I'm sorry, team J-E-N-N-Y-Bean.com or org. Um, all the social media platforms are pretty much one of these two things the same to get involved and find out more. I work with nonprofits. I probably have about 25 open contracts with clients across the country. I do coaching. I do mentoring as well as um, I have courses that we teach nonprofits and small business owners how to build their brand and how to leverage your story. You're always going to hear story with me because, as I say, I think it's the foundation and all the other things are built from there. Once that story is clear, then we do the color and then we do the logo and then we do those other things because your story is really your identifier and it's also your differentiator. Yeah, I like that. And also, you know, I was talking to just someone earlier today about, you know, when you think about nonprofits, you think, oh, they're just doing this out of the kindness of their heart and they're not really trying to make money. And so money is it's kind of a necessary thing when it comes to any business, but especially nonprofits, because yes, it is your heart. You are trying to do it out of the kindness of your heart, but just speak real briefly because we have a few more minutes on mm -hmm. uh, the mindset of earning and paying yourself as well as even staff. Well, I, I, I believe that you should always be able to take care of yourself. Some of our, um, organizations, they start on what I say is a pain that turned into a passion that evolved into a purpose. Almost most nonprofits that I've ever encountered, they start that. It was some pain that, that was the catalyst. But you can't pay out your pocket forever, right? You can't self-fund your nonprofit forever. Well, I, I take that back. You can. It wouldn't be the most functional way because it pulls on other resources. Some of the resources it pulls on is your family. Some of the resources it pulls on is your, your personal time. So one of the ways to distinguish, distinguish that is to align yourself with what are your goals and your vision. You can run a, pro, a nonprofit full time and you can get paid, but you got to pay yourself as a staff member. So you got to have a salary or a wage and you got to set that up up front. And I think going back to the ideal, you have to look at your nonprofit as a business. You know, um, a 501c3 is not a business plan. A 501c3 is a tax designation. That's just the bare minimum. It's the beginning. It gives you the ability to do this work and not pay taxes, but you still need to run it just like a business. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, we definitely appreciate you and having you on has been educational for us. Uh, Mark, did you have Thank anything you. else you wanted to? Yeah, just really, really appreciate the conversation. And we, we've done it again. We brought on a guest that has inspired and empowered and, uh, yeah. It's just been a great conversation. Really enjoyed. And I, I have a for-profit, uh, Mark Cheek Speaks, and I've learned so much from you just about the whole branding piece and what you need and some of the things that I've done wrong that I need to correct. And I uh, really appreciate that. Good stuff, Mark. I was looking at the ad and I was like, 
it's, it's amazing. So I'm looking at it in the transition. That's what you were talking about. Transitioning from one, you know, one space to another, evolving better yet. Right. Is another way of looking at it. So I love what you're talking about your business doing. And I think it's empowering as well. And I think we have that same story in all different capacities of our life. So thank right. you guys both for what you do. I really appreciate being here and thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. And if you, uh, have other people that you think would be great for our for our podcast without a doubt let us know mckill and absolutely uh, we appreciate you taking some time out to talk to us it's been very educational and, and we learned a lot today so for My all pleasure. our viewers you know get out there don't do not think nonprofit is something that you're just doing for free or that um that you can't make a living at doing uh, I think most of us who started nonprofit didn't expect to to be doing it really. And so uh, Mikhail kind of showed you, like, if you put your heart into it, if you understand your brand, you will be successful. But you got to get help. You got to get mentorship. And at a few good mentors, we we definitely care about that. We care about mentorship, and, um, not just um, for all aspects of our life. So thank you again for tuning in. We'll be with you in a couple of weeks with a new episode and we will close out with a break and, and uh, a commercial break. And then we will see you again. Thank you for joining in. Will you help us close the mentoring gap? One in four children are growing up without a mentor of any kind. By participating in our annual 5K, you increase our capacity to provide quality mentoring. Please visit www.afgmentoring.net. Join the movement. Okay, that's a wrap. And again, just like the commercial said, please sign up for our 5K. We still have time left to do that. And again, thank you for everyone. Uh, Tamika, thank you for the question. And just thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in this week. I'll see you again. Tell them thank you. Text your people, they shit. All the problems and your needs if you just Lawyer, doctor, anything if you just You got some questions about some things you just You a king, be the king, you just A proper comfort for the queens if they Live in favor, see the dream Get your phone, text your people, they shit.